Hello, hello. This is Ali Tadlawi. Welcome to another Talk To Me About Food audio blog post. It's World Pulses Day. Unfurl the banners. February 10th is World Pulses Day, apparently. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization bestowed this celebratory distinction on the humble lentil, benevolent bean, and cheeky chickpea starting in 2019. I add my hurrah to the mix. Even as a kid, I enjoyed a lentil soup stew thickened with crushed tomatoes, seasoned with cumin and coriander, and garnished with little pearl onions. My college roommate introduced me to black beans in a Cuban picadillo dish, and I've been making a vegetarian version of it ever since, at least once every couple weeks. I discovered hummus later in life, and it too has become a staple. I make my own sometimes, a very simple recipe inspired by Moroccan hummus or besar. I dip stuff in it like everyone else, but hummus is also great as a combination salad dressing topping. It adds heft, swirled into rice or pasta too. I felt strongly enough about this alternative usage that I suggested to a client of ours, major brand of hummus, that they should explore this with consumers. They did, and it turns out I'm not the only one looking for new ways to enjoy chickpea-based hummus. What's not to like about pulses? The UNFAO dedicated webpage doesn't even mention how tasty pulses can be. The site focuses on the nutritional profile and the many environmental benefits of growing them. I do know that pulses, and I learned though that pulses are the dried seeds from inside the fruit of the legumes, are a good source of protein and fiber and they're low in fat. That's what's given me some measure of comfort substituting some meat-based meals with black beans and rice. I didn't know that pulses are rich in vitamin B, zinc, iron, and other minerals, and they're also gluten-free. I'm just about to post the second part of a Talk To Me About Food podcast on regenerative agriculture, so I also had some sense that pulses can be very important complementary crops in a rotational system centered on biodiversity. Specifically, pulses fix nitrogen in the soil, which improves soil fertility. Another benefit is that it takes a lot less water to grow peas and beans than other sources of protein. For example, 150 gallons of water for a pound of lentils versus 10 times that much, or 1,500 gallons for a pound of beef. Pigeon peas and bambara beans are particularly hardy in low water environments. And the FAO site adds that there is broad genetic diversity in pulses, which makes them a good choice for safeguarding food security and food resiliency. Pulses are staples in many diets already, and I'm guessing that the UN is urging all of us, especially those with food cultures like ours in the US where diets are more animal-based, to find more ways to eat pulses, to build meals around pulses and other plant-based food. Pulses are finding their way into snacks here. I've munched on Beanito bean-based chips. They're pretty good. They have a hearty texture and a unique flavor. Same for hippies, the chickpea-based snacks. Expect more snacks and other food products featuring pulses. There's a lot of venture capital behind alternative proteins. I count more than 250 plant-based meat and ingredient companies on a map from kindearth.tech, an events organizer focused on food tech. Names you've heard of, like Impossible, Beyond Meat, and Incognito, but also Chickpea, Caviar, Plantable, 
meat, the alternative, mush labs, raised and rooted, and the vegetarian butcher. It's single digits outside now where I am. I'm thinking of making a soup. A soup that gets its heartiness and flavor, with a little help from turmeric, cilantro, parsley, and celery, from lentils and chickpeas. Cheap, basic ingredient pulses in a bag or in a can. I don't need to wait for pulse-based products to launch. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you... Blank, 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 blank. (laughs) 